from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm Jane Van Ryan. The tragic Deepwater Horizon accident and oil spill have been making headlines all over the country in recent weeks, causing editorial writers and bloggers to weigh the risks and benefits of offshore drilling. Some agree with the president that offshore development should be expanded. Others applaud the administration's temporary freeze on drilling permits. And amid all the rhetoric and the response activities, some important information is being ignored. Few people are focusing on the importance of offshore oil and natural gas to American consumers. David Holt, who's president of the Consumer Energy Alliance, is on the phone with us today to talk about the need for offshore energy. Welcome, David. Thank you, Jane. Good to be with you. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, tell our listeners, if you will, about the Consumer Energy Alliance. Sure, thanks. Um, Consumer Energy Alliance is a uh, nonprofit, nonpartisan organization that was founded about five years ago. And it is really uh, made up of almost every sector of the U.S. economy retailers, manufacturers, transportation, food distributors, retirees, hospitals, restaurants, and the broad energy sector uh, oil, natural gas, wind, solar, hydro, nuclear power all are represented in, in our group. Uh, we also have about 300,000 consumer advocates that respond to our calls to action and, and weigh in on, on vital energy policy issues uh, that are so important to this country. And, and our approach is really, you know, you need it all. This country needs it all. We've gone too long without a, a robust, balanced, long-term vision for energy policy in this country, and, uh, and we're well past time uh, to utilize the near-term needs, uh, the near-term energy resources we have at our disposal, oil and natural gas, and then build for the long term, uh, build out our alternative fuel, alternative energy infrastructure, and, and create uh, energy diversity. So we actually re- do reduce imports, and we do improve our standard of living, uh, improve uh, energy prices for consumer groups, and really improve almost every sector of the economy. Well, API, just for the record, does indeed agree with your all-of-the-above type approach when it comes to energy supplies. But for today, let's focus on the importance of oil and natural gas. How would you describe the importance of these two fuels to the U.S. economy? Vital, Jane. Vital. It really can't be overstated. Um, oil and natural gas are the lifeblood of this economy. If you look at the manufacturing sector and you look at the transportation sector and the agriculture community and medical community and uh, fleets and IT, information technology, and, and all those aspects of, the, of this economy, which are really the backbone of the economy. Also included in that would be the oil and gas industry itself. If you add up all those jobs, it's probably 75 to 80 million jobs in this country. Um, if you look at the latest census data, there are only about 115 million paid jobs on a daily basis of the 310 million folks that live in this country. So. Seventy percent of the workforce in this economy relies directly on the need for oil and natural gas to make their products, to produce their products, to get their products to market, and to keep this economy going. So for the foreseeable future, oil and natural gas will be the backbone, the lifeblood of this economy, and uh, we simply can't, can't do without it. 
David, as you know, an awful lot of oil that's produced here in the United States is developed offshore. Do you know how much of U.S. oil production does come from offshore areas, and perhaps how much of that comes from the Gulf of Mexico? Yeah, it's, it's right now it's about 30% of all the domestic U.S. production comes from uh, the outer continental shelf, which is the waters around the, the, the nation and, uh, and Alaska. And I, I think it's about 70% of that comes from really the, the energy breadbasket of this country, if you will, which is the Gulf of Mexico. Many people have asked recently why so much of our domestic oil is being produced offshore and how important that is to consumers and to the U.S. economy. How would you respond to that? Well, so much of our domestic energy is offshore. Um, you know, literally millions and millions of barrels of oil and trillions and trillions of, of clean burning domestic natural gas lie in the offshore waters around the country. Um, and it, every time we look, we actually find more. A lot of the, a lot of the data that we use to rely on, on estimates for how much oil and natural gas lie offshore, uh, really is 30, years old or, or older, and every time we go into a new area offshore, we end up finding more oil and natural gas than we thought existed previously. So it, it is a, a, a vital resource. It is a, a great opportunity to continue to expand our domestic energy production in this country and uh, continue to you know, spur economic growth and create jobs. But what about the risk, David? There are critics that say that we should stop producing oil and natural gas offshore because of the risk. What do you say to them? Well, you know, first, Jane, I think I think clearly, you know, we need to, as you said in, in, in your opening, we need to recognize the, the tragic incident that happened at the Deepwater Horizon uh, there in, in mid-April and then the, the loss of life and uh, the environmental consequences, and we need to take a step back and look uh, at what happened and recognize the risk, recognize the, um, the need to reevaluate and make sure that industry is doing all it can to produce safely, uh, responsibly, and environmentally sensibly uh, our needed, much needed oil and natural resources, uh, oil and natural gas resources off our coasts. But for, for those critics, and, 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 and several groups are trying to take political advantage of this situation to say, uh, let's stop all offshore uh, exploration and drilling in this country immediately. Um, we would argue that's a mistake uh, because what oil and gas, natural gas in this country mean to every segment of the economy, uh, as I've mentioned, what it means to consumers, we certainly don't want to see an increase in the amount of imports. Currently, about 60% of our oil needs come from foreign countries. Um, if you stop drilling offshore, that could go up to 80, 90 percent immediately, and the energy security and our national security would be significantly at risk. So for those that are saying, uh, let's stop it now, um, I, I call on them to offer an alternative solution. There, there isn't one. Uh, we need to, to do a very good job, a much better job of making sure we do this safely and responsibly. But ending offshore domestic uh, oil and natural gas exploration and development uh, would absolutely kill this economy, destroy this nation, and uh, would be the, the, the wrong thing to do. But there are a lot of people out there who say there is an alternative, and that alternative involves alternative energy supplies and renewables. Is it possible to wean this nation off oil and move to those quickly? 
Well, quickly is the key word in that, Jane, and, and, and we agree that we need a robust, balanced energy policy in this country. We need more wind and solar and hydropower and nuclear power and wave power, and, and we need to look at that all-of-the-above approach. But we need to recognize that 95-plus percent of our domestic transportation uh, relies on oil. Less than 7% of all our energy needs are met with all, our all alternatives combined. If you add up wind and solar and hydro and all the rest combined, that's about 7%. So 93% is met with fossil fuel production in this country, oil, natural gas, and coal. In 30 or 40 years, everyone that really looks at this, that studies this, all the international energy agencies, the U.S. Department of Energy, predicts that 7% of alternative energy demand in this country goes all the way up to 10% of meeting our needs. So we can do more. We need to recognize that alternative energy for the foreseeable future will not really make a meaningful difference in, in meeting U.S. demand. Uh, we can do more to increase the supply and use of alternative energy, and we must in this country. But we also have to have an honest discussion about it and recognize that oil and natural gas will be uh, the predominant uh, resources to meet our energy needs for the foreseeable future. I noticed, speaking of uh, uh, oil and natural gas, I noticed that you have posted a letter on your website that invites your readers to send letters to the Minerals Management Service in support of offshore drilling. Why? Well, every five years, the Minerals Management Service uh, issues what they call a five-year plan. And that five-year plan uh, looks at what areas off the coast of the United States should be made available for domestic exploration. And it, it really has a very involved environmental impact assessment and uh, an open, robust comment period to have members of the public, in, including in those coastal states, uh, that would benefit from increased revenues from these oil and gas resources, uh, but also may, may want to weigh in with, hey, yeah, but let's look at it from the the offshore shipping industry, or what could this mean? Let's ask, let's ask good questions on uh, fisheries and, and, uh, and other aspects. So let's have a nice, open, honest discussion and weigh in all aspects of this uh, and look at what areas should be made available for offshore development over, over a five-year period. Uh, Consumer Energy Alliance has been very involved with um, offshore uh, exploration and development uh, since our inception, as we have been very involved with wind and solar and nuclear and other, other energy uh, issues. But during this time, particularly this critical time uh, in the aftermath of the Deepwater Horizon, I think it's important for the, the government to take a, a very balanced view, uh, maybe a mature view of the situation, what it means, but also what offshore development means to the nation, uh, looking at it from an energy security standpoint, looking at it from all the jobs the indirect jobs in manufacturing and, and, and IT and fleets and transportation, all those indirect jobs that would be impacted if we don't continue to uh, thoughtfully develop our offshore oil and natural gas resources in this country. So we continue to, to work with uh, the Minerals Management Service and the federal government to make sure that these messages are, are being heard. While at the same time, you know, everyone is working very, very hard to control the leak to stop the leak and, and move forward and examine exactly what happened. But it, it, is, it is time to continue to have that good, robust discussion about ways we can improve what we're doing offshore, 
but recognize the vital, vital need that uh, the offshore energy resources mean for this country and, and how we meet those needs. And so it sounds like you would say that this is not the time for the president to reconsider his plan to expand offshore drilling. No, I, you know, I think that the president, we've been encouraged by, uh, for the most part, his very thoughtful comments uh, and kind of prudent response. Let's, let's examine what's going on. We don't have all the facts in yet uh, with regard to the Deepwater Horizon. So let's, let's determine what happened. Let's uh, determine what uh, the appropriate response should be to what happened. And then let's move forward from there. But I think the president properly recognizes uh, that the, the energy needs in this country will be met for the foreseeable future by oil and natural gas while we move you know, in the long term toward a more diverse energy uh, portfolio in this country. So both of those things should be occurring, and, and uh, we supported the president's statement on March 31st when he rolled out his new robust energy plan, and we continue to support the president's statements now uh, that we should closely examine what happened with the Deepwater Horizon but continue to move forward. David Holt, thank you so much for giving us your perspective on the Deepwater Horizon accident and for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Jane, thank you so much. It's a pleasure being with you. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.